Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. I've really been thinking about the tension between church and the unchurched, the saved and the unsaved, the devoted and the far from God, the disciple and the edgy Christian. And one thing that I know we all have in common is baggage. We all have and we all carry some form of baggage. You know, but the problem sometimes with not our church in particular, not us online, is that when, become a, we, when, we, when we become a Christian, I believe oftentimes we forget about this and we act like these do not exist. That's the disconnect at times from unbelievers coming to church because something, sometimes unbelievers don't want to come to church because they feel like it's no relatability. You know, the Bible says, I believe it says that we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the what? Our testimony. Here's the challenge. A lot of church people don't tell their testimony. A lot of us feel like that was in the past. But can I tell you something? People don't really want to know and open the Bible until they see how the Bible looks on the everyday life and what it has done for you. Church, I'm here to tell you there is a, I'm after convicting the church but compelling the lost. Our language has to begin to change because there are hurting people everywhere, all over the city, all over the world, and they need to know that Jesus is a person who comes into our lives even with all the junk that we carry. Is it safe to say that we got some junk in the trunk? Somebody's junk may be heavier, but we all got junk in the trunk. We all got baggage that we carry. Some baggage we choose to hide. Some baggage we choose to keep in front of us. But these, this luggage was not designed to be carried in front of us. It's very difficult to push something that's heavy in front of you because it goes everywhere. But these were carried to be behind us. These were designed not to be portrayed and pushed in front of us, but to show that, hey, even though I had stuff in my trunk, I'm able to control it. I'm doing this from a place of healing and I'm not protruding my junk and pretending that I'm okay when I'm not. I have several scriptures. I didn't give it to CG today because there were too many, but I want you to catch what I'm saying because we, I believe, are about to launch one of the greatest nets that the city has ever seen. Can I prophetically put that in this atmosphere online? Those of us are sitting in this room, I believe that we're about to launch one of the greatest nets our city has ever seen. But in order to get ready to launch this net, we have to be prepared for what's about to come into the net. They won't look like us. They won't talk like us. They won't sound like you. They won't come from the same family as you. They won't have the same social economic status as you. But they still are the beloved of Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about baggage. Psalms 109. A couple verses here. Psalms 109, verse 22, 26, and 31. It says, for I am poor and needy. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I am poor and needy. And my heart is wounded within me. Help me. Verse 26. Oh, Lord, my God, save me in accordance with your love. For the Lord stands at the right hand of the needy one. 
to save his life from those who condemn him. Acknowledge, this is the first point, if you know takers out there, if you're writing, you can put it in your phone, on a notepad. Number one, acknowledge your baggage. If you have, show of hands, we're going to be honest this morning, how many would say, I have some baggage? Hmm, I love it. I like the sound of this better. How many would say they got some junk? Come on, somebody. In their trunk. You got some in your wagon, baby. Job chapter 7, verse 11. Therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in anguish of my spirit. Write this down. Acknowledge your baggage. He cannot heal. He cannot fix what you don't present. He cannot handle, he can handle anything, but we sometimes feel like that, oh, what I've done is just too much for him to handle. If I say this to him, then if I say this publicly, maybe people will feel certain ways about me. This is letting us know in Job chapter 7, verse 11, I can't keep silent. I need to speak out about what's going on in my spirit, what's going on in my past, what's been going on in my life, what's been going on in my childhood. Because the problem is we continue to grow while the infant and the adolescent of us has not been tended to. Give a name to your baggage. Now, this is not confessing and this is not a proclamation to say, this is who I am. This is saying, give me your withered hand. Remember that. This is acknowledging something that you may have carried in your life. Maybe the addictions can be pornography. It's Sunday morning. Is that not appropriate? It's okay. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's overeating. Come on, somebody. I tried to put on my black skinny jeans this morning with my holes in them, and it didn't work. I said, my God, the devil done creeped in and helped me. I was ready to look. I was ready. I said, oh, the jeans going to set it off. I put them on. I said, this ain't going to work. So I added the overeating to my notes this morning. Maybe narcissism. Is it all about you? They used to have a song, I bet you think this song is about you, don't you? Is everything about you? Maybe you're offended. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. Maybe you have lived the life of continued, repeated offense. Oh, I can't believe they did this to me. Oh, I did this to them, but they did this to me first. I did this to them in result of what they did to me. It's never your fault. Somebody's always after you. Maybe it's the spirit of rejection that you feel. The moment you're born, you get a, you, we get, and we start loading it up. And guess what we do? We take this alcoholism, we take this pornography, we take smoking, we take overeating, and we take narcissism offense, and we take it into every relationship we have. Oh, I think this is the woman for me. Oh, I think this is the man for me. Here's all my baggage. Here's all my stuff. Here's everything I have. Here's everything that I've not been healed from. This is everything I refuse to acknowledge. This is everything that I've walked into unknowingly and knowingly. This is all the suffering. This is all the scars. This is all my pain. Fix this for me. Isn't it funny how we got into a lot of God situations, but by the time we got in there, it no longer was a God situation. Because we took so much junk into it, then we blame God for it not working. I thought it was, she was the one. She was. 
until you met her. <laughs> until you met him. I thought this was the right job, but because you were still offended from the last job, come on somebody, you took that same offense and you took that same not getting the promotion, you took that same junk into the last job and you'd be like, that's okay, you're gonna give me the promotion today, you're gonna do this because I should have deserved this promotion before and I didn't like my last boss and you're gonna make up for everything the boss did for me before. People don't really know what they get when they get you. Baggage, junk in my trunk. Maybe I didn't speak your thing, but I want you to write down what you maybe have been carrying in your life. Listen, this is one of those honest gatherings because I just don't want to have content for the believer. I want to let people know that we all struggle with something. We all are walking through something, walk of out in something, or about to go in something. Number two, letting go of baggage. Write this down. God, help renew my mind with truth. If you carry baggage, and then the moment you start acknowledging these things, can I tell you something? Acknowledging these things that you carry that you have been ignoring is a scary thing. That's why people don't like going to therapy. That's why people don't like going to counseling, because you're addressing things that you have left unattended. I'm asking you, what have you been challenged with? Maybe in your baggage, you suffer with a level of abortion. You know, as a church, we have this thing, and I've been guilty of it, we've all been guilty of it, that abortion is a sin. Abro- abortion should not happen. Abort- you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But here's my question. What about the ones that have done it? We spend a lot of time saying what should not have happened, and we have people sitting in our seats all over the country, all over the world, that has probably committed abortion at some point in their life. So now what do we say to those who have committed abortion? What do we say to those who've already been sitting in that room of decision, battling whatever they've been raped or incest or whatever the case, incest, whatever the case may be, and they battle with the decision, but they've gone through with it and they walked away with the burden and the baggage of having to live with that. And what do we say to those people? How do we address those people in the house of God? I'll tell you how we address those people, that God still has a plan for your life. You are valuable. You are important. Just because you did something that doesn't define you, you are not what you did. You are what he did on the cross, and you are a finished work. Somebody put those hands together, and we're letting people know you are welcome here with all of your junk in the trunk. I'm after the loss. We're after the loss. I know you didn't want to do it. I know you feel like you had to. I know you felt like you had no other alternatives. I felt like you felt like you were in a position where you couldn't take care of the baby, whatever the case. But can I tell you, you did it, now do something different. It's time to recover from the mistake you made. You made a mistake, but you're not the mistake. Can I tell you something? You were born on purpose, for a purpose, and with the purpose. I don't care how you were born. I don't care where you were born. It could have been the back of the DeVille. It could have been the back of the Chevy. I don't care where you were born. But God had intentions on you being in this earth. And God put you here for a reason. God, help me renew my mind. Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. The moment you start acknowledging these things, the enemy is coming. Because it's not the pornography that he's after. That is the fruit of something. The smoking, your excessive smoking, is the fruit of something. 
Your excessive eating is the fruit of something because if you can get to the root of it, the fruit of it, it, it's no problem. I'm here to ask you, why do you do it? I remember I was teaching a class, I was in a class and they were teaching about trauma and a lot of times we ask people, what's, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Why do you do what you do? Why do you do this? And they said we have to begin to change the language to another question. What happened to you? Something happened to you to make you feel that you have to pick up the pornography. Something happened to you to make you feel like you have to smoke packs and packs of cigarettes a day. What happened to you? And that's what God is going for. We have to begin to renew our mind. Don't get looking at these papers because there's only three. <laughs> you know, when we start flipping papers, they're like, how many papers are in there? <laughs> we got another hour and I'll be done. You were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 23. I need you to write this down. What wrong mindset needs to be renewed in your life? What wrong mindset needs to be fixed? You heard pastor say it. You got to change your stinking thinking. I need you to start thinking about what you're thinking about. What do you need to change in your thought pattern? Maybe the need to be perfect. A lot of Christians feel like we have to be perfect. You feel like you have to do this thing, the right thing all the time. You, you, you also have to change trusting in your own strength. How many are victim to that? You trust in your own strength. How many of you, maybe like me sometimes, you give God the leftovers? Give God leftovers. That you have to strive for his love. Mm, that's a big one. Because how you see him is how you serve him. Normally how you, normally the relationship you've had with your father is the relationship you'll have with the father. Normally if you don't have a father in the home, you won't really understand how to receive his love. Maybe you had a father that's worked you to death, so now you think you have to work for everything. You have to work for his love. You have to work for his acceptance. You have to work to be good enough. You have to work to get this. You have to work to get that. And then you get frustrated because you work and you work and you work, but then the end result is you still don't have it because that's not the way the kingdom works. You work from something, write this down, not for something. You work from his love, not for it. Because he loves you if you're watching porn, he loves you if you don't, the same way. The only difference is if you don't confess Jesus, he loves you, but he loves you enough not to let you enter into those spaces. But he loves you the same way. It doesn't mean if you're lying or stealing or coming to church and being faithful. He has an unwavering love for you. You don't have to work for something you already possess. You don't have to work for something you already possess. Maybe you are less loved because of what you've done. You know sometimes when you've done something and you carry the weight of it and it's like, oh my goodness. You're an unbearable person to be around. It's like, you want to go out to eat? Yeah, sure. You know, my life sucks. Yeah, everything you do, you show your bags. And you get in the car, excuse me, excuse me. Can you open the trunk? <laughs> yeah, good thing. I got bags, yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, I just want you. No, this is... This is us. We're together. 
we're a package deal. <laughs> it's not, everything's included here. But you can't, as a Christian, begin to live your life this way. Because when you go around unbelievers this way, here's my question. What's the difference between you and them? I don't want to be around those people. Always sad. Have you ever been around some sad Christians before? How many you sad all the time? Nothing ever is as it. Has God been good to you at all? Remotely? It, what happened? Anything. Well, yeah, he did do this, but it, there's no but. Everything is, oh, woe is me. I just can't seem to, I just can't seem to get ahead. Every time I try to do good, evil, it's always present. You know, there's going to be a point in your life where your bags become your God. Because you feel the need to hold on to these so tight because you've become comfortable holding on to this junk. And you have, more, these are like a receiving blanket. You know, babies, it don't matter how stinky them blankets smell, all the slobber, and they just, just want to play with it. God, why do you, <laughs> you want to keep playing with that little stinky blanket? It's so peaceful, it's calming. That's how it is. And the moment somebody, God says, come unto me, all them that are heavy or heavy laden, and give you rest, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to give you from my bag. I'm going to give you something that I, it doesn't really bother me much anyway. I'll keep the bag. <laughs> Thanks. And every service you come to, you ration out your stuff. I like shoes. That's why all of those are things for shoes. Every service you come to, here's a little bit. He's like, give me the bag. You're like, no, I like the bag. But the problem is, Pastor Stevens, we always pray, God, take it away. God, take this away from me. Take this pain. Take this discomfort. I don't want it. I want it, but I don't want it anymore. When he says, come unto me, all them that are heavy enough, heavy laden, I will give you rest. He has enough power to deal with all of your junk. You just keep giving him the same stuff. What mindsets do you need to be renewed? God, here it is. Next one. Help restore what was lost. This is, the, this is the track that we begin to now acknowledge the stuff that we have to deal with. We acknowledge the bags. We acknowledge what's inside of the bags. Then we say, God, I need to begin to let go of this baggage. How? Help me renew my mind. Help me to think about what I've been carrying and how I've been carrying something and I begin to worship what I'm carrying more than I worship you. Then you say, help me. Renew my mind and what kind of mindsets do I need to come down and destroy and kill? Can I tell you something? A lot of these things with baggage, a lot of these things care we carry is simply a reflection of your revelation of the Father or your lack thereof. What is your revelation of a father? I was having this conversation the other day with my barber and we were just talking about the father. And in our conversation, we were, it, it was just kind of hitting us that most people find Christianity offensive, not because it's so harsh, but because they feel like it can't be that easy and simple. You mean to tell me that everything I've done, he's going to forgive me? No way. 
I got to like do 100 push-ups, turn around, do something to receive this. No. But you know the disconnect is when we started believing that there was more than God. When we started believing that there was something greater than Jesus, where did this start? And it started in Genesis. Jesus, God told them, hey, I'm going to make you in my image and my likeness. Then what did the enemy do? He came and said, God does not want you to eat off the tree because he doesn't want you to be like him. Think about it. They were already formed in his image and his likeness, but they took something in that minute. The enemy presented with them something and said, he just doesn't want you to be like him. And they were already like him. At that moment in history, all of our minds were programmed to say there has to be more than God. There has to be more than God in this world. There has to be more than what he's given us. There has to be more than where we are. And we get baggage because we're going to find the more. And when we understand that, at that thing that we went to pursue only left us carrying more baggage. And then we're like, what is wrong? Because what you're looking for is not in the stuff that you're going after. What you're looking for is in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why every time you get into relationships for validation, you leave needing more validation. That's why when you get into buying a house because you want to feel good and feel better, now you're just burdening with the house you bought. Every time we go to something for whatever and our source is Jesus, so we leave worse than what we came with. He's enough. He's good enough. He's a good father. And I want to ask you, God, this is what the question, help me. Help me restore what was lost. Write it down. Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, watch this, you will restore my life again. You will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Psalm 7120. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how far you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've done what you've done. He will restore your life again. You're not too far for him to come get you. You're not too low for him to reach down and grab you. You not have messed up so much that he can't redeem your life. That is what God has called us to do. He has given us the gift of reconciliation. But how can we reconcile the loss if we got too much junk to carry and we ourselves have not been fully reconciled? We pass lost people every day because we're so overwhelmed with our life we can't even take time to communicate the gospel to somebody who really needs it. And you know, I try to stay away from this part, but we got to do better. As a church, we have to do better. In this church, as a church at large, we have to do better about not being so codependent on the leaders of the church to pull you through. You ain't shouting me down now. Oh, help me, please. I just can't seem to kick this habit, Pastor. I can't seem to stop doing this, Pastor. Pastor said, I've been meeting with you for two years. If you ain't stopping now, my God, it's clearly what I'm saying is not helping you. How about you go to God for yourself? No, 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 I need you to live. How about you go to God for yourself? How about you stop complaining on what ain't happening in the church? 
Oh, I feel the Holy God, I feel the boldness coming out. How about you stop complaining what's not happening in church? We ain't doing this. We don't have this. Why we can't do this? Why we don't have this? Because you're not doing it. Come on, somebody. We need people who not just talking about it, but who want to get in a race, who want to get in a fight and say, God, whatever you choose for me to do, I'll do it. But you cannot position yourself as a leader in the movement of God as long as you have baggage carrying it everywhere you go. Uh, I've been divorced. Who ain't been divorced? <laughs> Who? You the only one been divorced? I don't mean this to be insistent, but you the only one been divorced. You the only one got to pay child support. You the only one got to do stuff. Can I tell you something? You're not by yourself. It's a whole bunch of people in this world. It's probably several people in this church who walk through it as well. But guess what? We don't want to be people who carry that baggage. We want to be people who say, yeah, I've been divorced, but God redeemed me. Yeah, I lost everything, but he restored me again. Yeah, he thought I was going to be to the left, but God pulled me all the way back to where I was supposed to go. Oh, I'm sick. Who, who, who else? You only one sick? I lost my job. When last time you watched the news? Ain't nobody working. You don't got a job? TGI Fridays, let me tell you something, they're giving bonuses. I've never heard of it in my lifetime. You want to work at TGI Friday, we're giving $300 bonuses. Come on, somebody. People don't have jobs. The problem is you're so dependent on a resource. Oh, I feel somebody talking. You're so dependent on a resource. You're so dependent on somebody else praying you through. You're so dependent on somebody else loaning you money. You're so, your resources are tapped out. Your places that you normally go to for help can't help you. God is saying, until you get it together, I'm going to dry everything out around you until you decide to come to me. When are you going to come to him? You like where you are? Is it comfortable? <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm just, I just feel like I'm being picked on. Consider my servant Job. I just feel like nobody's there for me. That's probably because everybody going through something. We pastors, we go through stuff. What if Pastor Steve emailed you back? No, no, you pray for me. I don't, I don't have time. You pray for me. You come to my house. No, don't come to my house. You come to the church. I need your help. I need you to belong me some money. I need you to pick me. Come on, somebody. We have to now be in a position at the church. Listen, the church was designed to heal itself. There's not a need, I believe, that we can't meet for one another. But the problem is when you be so codependent, you just steal milk. How much time I got? Y'all probably waiting for me to finish. It's you, milk, milk. You've been a Christian for like 10 years. Huh? I can't wait till Sunday come. I need a word. I need a word. I've done nothing Monday through Saturday. 
what I need. <laughs> it's not y'all, I'm just sensing. I need a word. Oh, I hope they sing my song. Oh, I hope they sing my song. Because I'm tired of carrying this. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender all. To thee, I know, don't take my bag, I want it. Freely, I will ever kind of trust him. Kind of trust him. In his presence, free, well, I don't surrender, I surrender a little bit. Is it funny that we complain about stuff that we have not fully surrendered to and we say it just doesn't work? This curling iron doesn't curl my hair all the way. But you haven't even used it. This, yeah, it's just like people would say, hey, you want to try this hamburger? Ew! Online, ew, I don't want to try it. It's gross. Have you ever had this burger before? No. How do you know if fully being a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, how do you know that it doesn't work because you've never fully worked it? You already know what this result yields. Sadness, loneliness, depleted, offense, questions. You've served these long enough? Aren't you tired of smoking continuous packs of cigarettes every day? Are you tired of yielding to the fruit of your own fleshly desires? All because you won't give him a chance. All because you won't fully give him an opportunity. My goal here this morning is to convict the believer but compel the lost. Jeremiah 30, 17, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds. But I will restore you to health and heal your room. He's saying this because there has to be some sickness if he's restoring your health. There has to be some abrasions if he, if he has to heal your wounds, but this scripture are for those who dare to trust him with their health and the wounds. Can I tell you something? You're only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> You're only as sick as what you've been holding on to. Pastor Tom, if you, you can just come. I just wanted you to play softly to understand that you're only as sick as what you've been carrying. Can I tell you something? This is so significant for me because these are the bags that I came here with when I moved to Florida. Still got the tags on. Still got the tickets on. Church, when I moved here, I was in a challenging place in my life. I was in the a challenging place in my heart. I had questions. But those questions derived because there was a point in my walk in the last year and a half that I started to trust in my own strength. That I started to trust in the fact that maybe I knew more. Or maybe I knew what was best for me, but I didn't understand that I was putting more stuff in my bag. And the more I put in my bag, the more I begin to question God, which was unfair. But can I tell you, the moment I made decision to follow Christ, not how, it's not that I wasn't a Christian because I wouldn't be here. Pastor Steve would have never hired me. They were like, oh my God, he hired a sinner. <laughs> no. 
There were areas in my life I was just broken. There were areas in my life that were frayed. There were spaces in my heart that I didn't allow God to tend to. The garden of my heart had weeds. I, haven't been, I hadn't been tending to that space. Things in my life had begun to go awry, left and right. Things had gotten out of control and it had nothing to do with God being the culprit. I just forgot. I thought I was the one that could fix it and take care of it. And a lot of life like you. A lot of us, a lot of you, like me in this room, you're human and you've loaded up your bags. You felt like you've had the right answers. You felt like you knew a better way. Can I tell you, if you keep living any amount of time, you're gonna accrue luggage. You're gonna accrue some bag. There are people in this room, you have picked up habits, you have picked up certain things and you have begun to live life. Some of you deal with high levels of anxiety and worry and stress. And can I tell you, those things are not from God. And this is not an indictment to you online. This is not to do those who are watching. This is not saying that you're a bad person. I'm just saying that there's a better person inside of you and there's a greater person that's looking to live inside of you that can just dwell on the inside of you and take that anxiety and begin to deal with the wounds of your soul. Maybe some of you here say, no, I just smoke and I'm tired of smoking. You can, you can be doing something but be tired of doing it. You can be involved in something and you can have a spirit of conviction about it, but you're just so deep into it, you don't even know how to stop. I'm going, we're going after that person. We want to be a church that when the lost come, they see us coming to the altar and say, you know what, here's my stuff. You know, we call altar calls, it's like, who wants more of God? You got two people up here and you got about 300 people out there. So 298 of you want no more of God. I just want to make a practical presence feel petition to say we're real people with real problems but we serve a real Jesus who has enough grace and who has enough power to forgive you of any sin Jeremiah 30 17 he says I will restore to you the health of your wounds what does God want to restore in your life relationships whatever that is marriages does he want to restore trust but this is the one i really need to get to it's the last one some of you have some things in your life have walked through some hard things here's the the last point god help me release my offender god help me Help me release the person that offended me. Not just whatever that offense is. Whether it was molestation, whether, it, uh, whether, whether these people have gone on to the grave and they're not here anymore. We hold on to things and we think the other person is suffering because we're holding on to them and we, they're living their lives. God, help me release my offender. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Who's offended you? Who's talked behind your back and you know they have? Who's 
hurt you in your life. And I'm saying those people released him. <laughs> you have to release them. Bear with each other and forgive. Whatever grievances you may have had against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3.13. You know, I have to walk through some things again. And I've made a decision in my life. I'm not going to hold you to any record of wrong. Love holds no record of wrong. Who I've made a decision in my mind to release my offender. But love your enemies. <laughs> Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Can I tell you this? They may never apologize to you. Your healing is not based on their saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> what if they never say, I'm sorry? Because they probably won't. What if they never come to you and say, please forgive me? Do you stay where you are? You know, the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the, walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's, you, it means you're going to pass through this thing. It didn't say, yea, though I hang out, unpack my bags in the valley. I'm going to stay in Lodabar. I'm going to stay in a dry place. He says, no, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. I'm, that means you got to keep going. And your healing is not based on if they say sorry. Your healing is not based on if they come back to you. Your healing is based on his goodness and what he's... You want true revival? Let's receive it first. Let's begin to walk in a level of healing that we need to experience. And maybe you are the offender of yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive the things you've done in your life. Forgive the things that you've done to yourself. Forgive the roads you've allowed yourself to go down. Forgive the things in your life that has brought you so much pain that you have contributed to. Forgive yourself for going into the relationships and you knew he told you not to, but you did it anyway. And you're hurt and you're afraid and you're heavy because all the decisions, your life is the sum total of the decisions you make. How about you begin to forgive yourself right now? And allow Jesus to take your baggage. <laughs> I want you to write this down. Who do you need to forgive? Is it, if it's yourself, if it's whoever it is, today is the day to do it. Whatever you've been carrying around. Listen, I feel this strongly. I believe God wants to give us a breakthrough this morning. And I think this breakthrough is really contingent upon your honesty with yourself. Where are you? What kind of baggage are you carrying? What old mindsets have you been walking in? Some of us have some addiction. I believe there are some people in here who are bold enough to say, you got secret, you got stuff in your pocket right now. You're like, you know what? I don't even want to deal with this anymore. I'm tired of carrying this way. Most people don't do things just because they do them. Most people have experienced things or walk through things and anxiety and stressful and like, oh my God, I need to lend. I need to go to something. I need to give to something. You start, you start smoking. You start smoking weed. You start shooting up. You start smoking um, perks. You start taking perks. You start doing all this stuff and you just, you trying to hide from something and you cannot hide from yourself. I'm challenging you right now. Close your eyes all over this room. And I believe this message was from God. 
And I believe that we all have been carrying things, but today I'm telling you, he never presents you with the problem without presenting you with a solution. Today he's saying, it's time to empty those bags. It's time to empty out those bags. And if you're out there, and if you have any struggles because of some past pain, past hurt, you know some people you need to forgive and you not have and you have not let those people go and you have not forgiven yourself. Or maybe you one of those people that's like, I dealt with this abortion and I did it, but I'm ready to be free from it. I'm forgiving myself. Or maybe you know, and when you walk through some dark things, this time is for you. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it because this is one of those moments that God Himself is saying, Hey, you come and you have a conversation with the Father. You come sit at this table, and today I'm gonna show you how good of a father I am. I'm gonna show you how loving a father I am, because today all I I know and I believe the Lord is telling me this that all you need to be today is loved on by Father. So on the count of three, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get out your seat. And if you know you need this healing, if you know you're carrying this baggage and this junk, and you're ready to let it go. And whatever else it is, I just want you to make your way to this space. One, two, three. Just come down to this altar. I don't care who you are, I don't care where you are, we all have stuff, we all had stuff, we all deal with stuff, we all carry stuff, but this moment is for real people. I'm not looking for people who are pretentious, I'm not looking for people who say, you know, I don't have, but this is for people who want to walk in a level of healing. You have offenders, you have offended people, you have things that you need to let go of, and this moment right here, right now, is for you. Just close your eyes as you come and begin to walk down the halls of your own heart. Begin to walk down the halls of your own heart. What is it? What is it? Who is it? Maybe you hear it's like, I'm tired of smoking these cigarettes. I don't want to deal with this no more. I'm not calling you a sinner, but you picked it up just because you needed something to lean on. And you're like, I'm sick of this stuff. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Come, I dare you and I'm challenging you just as a person who's, who's completely passionate in love with you to trust Jesus and bring that stuff down here and just put it right here on this altar. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever you've been leaning into, whatever you've been leaning on, this is an opportunity for a supernatural, divine breakthrough from the Father himself. Whoever you are, wherever you are, bring that burden. And I just want you in your heart to start unpacking that junk. Just get that junk out of here. Have a conversation with Jesus. Oh, wow, I see people throwing their cigarettes up here. This is one of those moments where you're like, I can't, I don't want to keep living like this. I don't want to keep living this way. And maybe you're not living depressed, maybe you're not living heavy, but you've just been carrying those things and right now. I'm praying for you. okay just want to take a second you deserve the glory you deserve all of the glory you deserve all of the glory even on your worst days he was there for you even in the bad decision he was there for you <laughs> 
just lift your hands, all those that are on this altar. He's, he's breaking your heart. And he's not, it's not a baby, but he's breaking your heart in a good way. God, I pray right now for every person that's standing, kneeling, laying on this altar. And those that are out there may have not had the courage to move forth. Father, I pray right now that you release the love of the Father on each person right now. That they become so overwhelmed by the love and the, the grace of Jesus that there would be a, such a healing that would take place in their lives right now in this moment. I'm praying that you begin to store in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to them right now in this space. Reveal the love and the compassion of an eternal God in this space. You're not what you're done. Father, I pray for those who need to forgive. Father, I pray for those that, people that need to forgive, and these are people that they see all the time. Give them the courage to do it. People that have been gone on, people have passed away, maybe moms, maybe dads, maybe uncles, and those people, they can never get resolution from those people. I pray right now, Father, that you allow the forgiveness to enter into their lives right now. Do a sozo in their heart. Go in and, and minister to them right now. Father, I pray for anybody that's been dealing with that rejection. Let them know that they are good enough, that they are accepted. And right now, while we're all here, Maybe you heard this message and you're like, you know what, I need to give my life to Christ. I'm not a Christian. I have not confessed Christ as my Lord. And I want Jesus to be the head of my life. I'm tired of carrying my own baggage. I don't want to do this alone. And I'm ready to completely give him my heart. I'm ready to completely give him my life. I know that he's a good father because some of you are up here right now and you don't have a relationship with him. And he's touching you anyway because he loves you. That is an indication that regardless, he loves you because he loves you. But you're saying, hey, pastor, I want to give my heart. I want to give my life. I want to give everything to the Lord Jesus right now. On the count of three, wave your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand right now. If you want to give your heart to the Lord for the rest of your life, raise it high. And just wave your hand so I can know because there are hands raised right now. I see that hand. I see it. Keep those hands high. I'm giving my heart to the Lord, 100%. Keep those hands high so I know. I believe that's one right here. So we're going to say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, everybody say it with Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. You died for me. I'll live for you. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry I've been living this life. I'm sorry I've been carrying my own baggage. And I give you everything from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. See this? 
people have been throwing the cigarettes on the altar. Whatever you feel, maybe it's not visible. Maybe it's not visible. But you know what you need to let go of. Was this message a blessing to you this morning? Thank you so much. You guys can go back to your seats. I believe today, from this moment forward, that God is preparing us as a church to do things and launch nets in places that we have not gone before. Listen, I love you guys. Don't forget tonight is a night of worship. 9th through 12th, 18 through 35, we'll be here engaging Jesus, going after heaven, fellowship with some ices. Come on, somebody. Nothing like fellowshipping with ices. And we believe that God is going to do something tonight, so make sure you are here with us. God bless you guys. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.